clarity, connection, authenticity. I'm Alexa Ray, former mental health clinician turned life coach. I quit my full-time career because I was sick of working in a healthcare system where people were not getting the help they needed to actually shift and there were so many gaps present. I am shaking up the mental health game to help women reconnect to their authentic selves and rewrite their story from who they think they should be to who they want to be. In Authentically You, we'll be talking about all things that limit us from connecting to our authentic self. Trauma, self-worth, self-esteem, relationships, communication, addiction, self-compassion, body image, disordered eating, anxiety, challenging beliefs, all of these things. Bottom line is, I want this to help you feel seen, to help you feel safe, heard, and validated. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Authentically You. I am very excited to have my guest on today solely because I am a little selfish and wanting to understand more about the concepts we're going to talk about and, and what she does. So I am here to introduce Crystal Home, and I am very excited for the various reasons, but also I think we've just been chatting before we started recording. And I think you're a really amazing person from the five, 10 minutes we've already been talking. You just seem so chill and so down to earth. Um, and so I always like to open up to the floor to everyone to introduce yourself. You know, she, I will say she is a feng shui designer and she is a clutter expert and you're all probably intrigued listening, going, mm, interesting, but I want to sort of open it up to you, Crystal, to introduce yourself. So I don't, you know, sabotage it anyway. Oh goodness. Sure. Um, well, like you said, I'm a feng shui designer and a clutter expert. So I, I help soul-driven women to declutter and design a workspace that really empowers them to create the life and business that they want. So what is a feng shui designer? Like, I guess, explain to people what feng shui is, because some people might not know what that is. I vaguely know what it is. Sure. And I think you're right. Most people don't. (laughs) (laughs) Feng shui really is, um, it's about the study of the flow of energy in your environment in your home specifically. Um, so what I do is I really just, I I work with the flow of energy in your space and getting you into alignment with the flow of energy. Um, so that you're what they call in the flow, right? Um, if you're not in conflict with the energy blueprint of your home, so you're not like literally fighting against the energy of your home all day, every day. Okay. So like, basically if I'm working in a space where I don't feel aligned, balanced, connected, you're saying there's a connection between that and how I'm going to be productive or efficient in my life. Yeah, basically. Yeah. It's about your relationship with your space. You know, you walk into spaces sometimes that just feel yucky. You don't like being there, right? You're, there's something out of alignment there that your energy blueprint and the energy blueprint of the space just aren't, aren't matching up well. And sometimes it can be fixed, right? Sometimes it's just a matter of fixing the misalignments. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just a matter of this is not a house for you. Like, and you just need to be in a different place. Like, yeah, there, it it can go, it can be one of either. Oh my gosh. I didn't even think about that. Like the actual environment is not fixable or adaptable to that person. I didn't even think that was an option. I always thought for me, like feng shui was there's the North. And so the North is here. And so my bed should be here and my plants should be my toilet seat. I believe something I heard is like your toilet seat should not be open. 
for some <laughs> some reason. I don't know why I remember that. Um, but if not, a lot that. of people teach that. Yeah, a lot of people do teach that, and there is some history to that being taught. But the reason being, I mean, at one point in time, we didn't have plumbing. <laughs> like it was. <laughs> there was the very there was no plumbing it was a different time and there was a different flow of energy then right the, you, yes so you would want to keep the lid down because oh. there would have you would have been having an outhouse like you don't necessarily want to just have that in your space right, right. so yeah oh my gosh these days it's a little less relevant because pretty much I, I can't say a hundred percent of homes in the world have running water because that wouldn't be true, but true, yeah. the largest percentage of them have running water and, right. and, and that. So there's a little less, less to it than that, but that's where that comes from. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So I was, it's, that's so funny it's because that's really actually makes a point of the knowledge that, you know, from some situation, how you carry that through your whole life until, and my best friend, I talked about the other day too, where there's so much knowledge in literally so many niches that I have no idea about. You have no, you know what I mean? There's so much information out there and I love interactions with this. This is like, no, actually that's not a thing anymore. You're like, oh, okay. I've been telling everyone that forever. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I mean, there is, I mean, for that specific thing, there would be some truth to it. Like who wants to go in there and look at the toilet water either? Like, you know, it's aesthetically more pleasing and that, is that shifts the energy of the space too, right? It, it's called mm. sha in feng shui, right? Negative energy okay. per se, right? The the energy that makes you feel yuck. So if you visually see something, visual sha would be something that you see that's that shifts the way you feel, right? Mm. Yeah, that makes so, sense. Yeah, so like the inside of a toilet can often look kind of gross and you don't want to see it. So for that reason, you would keep it closed, but not for the reasons that historically people would have taught to keep it closed. That is also a good perspective to take. (laughs) It's different. Here's something else. I love that. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, like, how do you get to a point where you're a feng shui designer and clutter expert? Like, how do you get to that point? Like, tell us a bit about your story. Sure. I, um, I feel like I've always done the interior design thing. That was sort of always my, my jam, (laughs) right? I, I, played with my Barbie dream house always when I was growing up. I was rearranging my room all the time growing oh. up, you know, even like in high school, I was, I was the friend that everybody called, Hey, come help me rearrange my room or let's paint, let's pick a color and let's decorate. I was that friend. Um, and so I decided to go to school to become an interior designer. Okay. <laughs> um, but during my gen ed classes, um, we had, obviously I had to take a psychology class, right? Just mm-hmm. like everybody else in college. And so in my psychology class, I had to write a paper, a psychology paper based on my field of study. Ooh. Right. It was very interesting. And I went yeah. to, I went to a, an art school, right? The art Institute. Um, so there was lots of different art majors, right? And so everybody had to do it within their own fields. So there was lots of interesting topics and subjects to look at from the perspective of psychology. Mm. But at that time, um, I had, like, I had heard about feng shui. I kind of had some ideas about what it was. Like I knew it had to do with energy mm-hmm. and, and studying the flow of it. Like I understood that part. And that had always been 
sort of a, a side passion of mine, right? It had been another one of those things, multi-passionate, right? One of those people yeah. that like, I'm into this and I'm into this and I'm into that energy and, and magic and sort of manifestation, like the law of it, that was sort of always one of those things. So I, I knew feng shui had to do with that, um, but I hadn't really had the time to study it. It had, it had been in popular in China for thousands of years, but it had only been popular in the United States for, you know, five or six years at this point. Oh, wow. So I hadn't, I hadn't had a lot of time to, to look into it. Um, and so I took that opportunity in, in my psychology class to say, okay, well, I'll write it on this, right? I'll write my psychology paper on feng shui. And so I sort of came at it from a different perspective than most people do that are coming into feng shui. I came mm -hmm. into it from this looking at like the, the psychology of, of it. And I really didn't know that much about it to begin with. So it was an interesting way to, to dive into this subject. Um, you know, I checked out every book they had at the library and I took home my two foot tall stack of books and I read everything I could. And I wrote my paper and I honestly had so much confusing information. Like mm. every book would tell me something different, oh. right? Like you're, you should do this or you should do that. And, and every book would give me all of this different information. So I was very confused as to like, how does it really work? Like the psychology part of it made a lot of sense, but the actual feng shui part didn't make sense to me. Like the at logistics that time. of okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. Right. And so I started kind of trying to like apply it to my life. I'm one of those people that it's like, I got to figure out how this works first before I can start like telling people about it. You know, like it was, it was interesting and it was really cool, but like I had to know more about it before I did anything. So I spent a few years really like trying to make it like, do I put this, like doing it in my own house, right? Cool. Doing this and doing that and trying to see what shifted. And, and at the time, you know, I was a single mom. I was going to school full-time. I was working full-time. Life wasn't the dream, right. <laughs> Let's just, you know, so I was kind of trying to use feng shui as this way to manifest a different life, right? If I could oh. get energetically into alignment with things like my life should change, right? That, right. That's sort of what everybody teaches about the law of attraction and, yeah. and how that whole thing works. So, so I was trying to, to do this, like this very specific method of how could that work? And I worked with that for a few years. Um, I finished school, you know, I went about my career. And um, as I was working as an interior designer, I'd moved overseas and um, I started working for a very high-end residential design firm with Ooh. lots of international clients. And one of the first projects that sort of got pawned off on me, not really pawned off on me, I volunteered for it, <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, the project had been submitted to the client for final approval and the client sent it back. Um, they happened to be Chinese and they knew feng shui and they sent it back saying, yeah, the feng shui is all wrong and we can't accept this as it is. And so my boss pulled the whole design team together and was like, who can help? Like, we need to fix this. The feng shui, the client is saying the feng shui is wrong. I don't know what to do. Who knows anything about feng shui? And I was the only person to like volunteer and say, I can do it. I'll fix it. <laughs> and, oh, let me tell you, 
like the imposter syndrome full-fledged kicked in like you would not believe right because yeah no I still doubt. didn't necessarily know that I knew what I was doing right I had all these different books with all this different like telling me what to do and now I have a client that may or may not know more about the subject than I do yeah <laughs> right and my That's job stressful. is not really on the line like it's not like my job was on the line but I volunteered to you know put my best foot forward and be like make a name for myself in oh the company, gosh. right? Like, and now I'm just like, oh my God, what have I gotten myself yeah. into? What am I doing? And, and, and I went to work on it and I really, I fell in love with the process of okay. not just making it aesthetically beautiful for someone, like bringing their vision to life. Not everybody has that skill of being able mm -hmm. to imagine the room that they want and then make it happen in real life like it's it's just a thing not everybody can do that and now having that and then doing the energetic alignment with it like wow. really your energetic frequency in the energetic frequency of the home and really marrying them together in alignment so that the flow is is tangible right and and palpable and you can see it the results in your life and i've totally fell in love with that part of it then right like working with the client and bringing it to them to life um that was where I really was like I have to do this this uh. is this is this is my piece and but I didn't still feel like I knew it right <laughs> like I didn't feel that solid and so because I was still piecing it together from a hundred different functional yeah. books right? right all the and, information and all of right and and not all of it was real like there's a lot of fake feng shui stuff out there so like trying to differentiate between what's right and what's wrong and, and how does this really happen and so what i ended up doing was i found a, a college that taught traditional chinese feng shui um right and and so i started studying that and then i started taking on i was doing a lot of personal development work at that time and and healing my own life <laughs> right trying to change things and so i started working with a bunch of the women that were in the mastermind with me um to feng shui their house right and to do at the time we were looking for love <laughs> that was that was the mission that we were on and i was starting to help them and so i just sort of in taking on clients that's when i really started like getting the feedback of what do they need and how can i help and and really turning it into something that that was more like my purpose right yeah. not just a job or a career but like this is my life's purpose of and that was just sort of the wow. journey that got me to there yeah I really love you know sometimes you'll hear stories of women let's say I'm 40 years old and I switch careers but I, like you deep down to your core authentically you've known that you wanted to be in this field I love that from a young kid you're like this is what I love to do and you I mean obviously no journey is linear but you know <laughs> figure it out like hey this brings me joy this brings me passion this is my purpose on this planet I, I love mm -hmm. this story crystal I think it's really awesome um and so I guess from there like obviously you're helping people declutter their houses which I think is a big fad not not a fad but it's very popular you know there's shows out coming out now and things like it's something that people are recognizing as something is valuable. Um, yeah. and so it's interesting. And I, I totally think from my life, when I declutter a room or I, you know, reorganize something, it feels so good for 
your mental health, essentially, that's what I'm thinking about, right? It is decrease in anxiety. Can you speak to that? Sure. Sure. I can. Um, in, in studying feng shui for so long, what I've really learned is that your home is really an extension of right. Your energetic frequency. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and it's the one place where you're sort of free to live, right. You can be yourself here. Mostly you can take your masks off and you can just your masks. I love to say that. Be (laughs) yourself, right. You can, you can let your hair down and sort of be right. And so what happens is we taint the energy in our space with our own frequency, right? Okay. Um, but then if it'll just sort of get stuck, <laughs> right? What okay. ends up happening is what's going on with us is reflected in our space mm-hmm. because it's not just an extension of your space. It's, it's a reflection of what, what you believe, right? everything that you buy, right. You buy it. You you buy the things that you buy for a reason, right? You love them. You need them. You use them. This is, uh, you just had a moment. Like it felt like a thing. I had to have it, whatever it was, but beneath that and underneath all of that, we have all of these things that we learn and we believe right from when we're really, really young children. Um, And so we buy all these things really based on what we believe. Mm -hmm. And then that just reflects to us all of those same limiting beliefs. And so when we declutter those things and we get them out of the space, it's no longer being mirrored to us, these limiting beliefs that we have. And so we have this, these moments of, of like where the energy is freed up and it's just, and, and because all of things are energy, right? We are made up of energy. Everything that we own is made up of energy and it just flows through the space, through the air, just like water right? It, it's, it's how we connect, right? It's like literally the spark of life. And so you can feel it in your space when that energy shifts. That is what feng shui is. It's that it's studying that and, and, and knowing or learning to know, like, how do we manipulate that? Mm-hmm. And I know manipulation has almost become to be a, a bad word, you know, like, yeah. but manip- you, manipulation has a purpose, right? If you manipulate your space in such a way that the energy flows, then you're literally in the flow. Like that's what it means. You're in the flow, you're in alignment with it. And it just makes everything easy. It makes life easy, right? It makes accomplishing things easy. Mm -hmm. But when we clutter it all up with our own stagnant thoughts and our own stagnant beliefs, then the clutter stagnates the flow of energy and then we have the struggle. Then, then we have to fight for what we're trying to achieve. So, because literally it's an anchor. Right, I mean, that makes sense. You know, I think a couple of things come to mind. The connection between our childhood beliefs. I mean, I've been a trauma therapist for years. And so, you know, I, I totally resonate around patterns from childhood and beliefs and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting to make the connection between those beliefs and those like unconscious beliefs basically and how it portrays like I always talk about how it portrays in patterns of relationships and life blah, 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 but I've never really thought about the connection between that and how you 
buy things or how you present your house or how, mm. you know, you paint the walls or anything. I've never really thought about that connection. So it's very intriguing for me to hear that. It, um, it is. And it's funny that, that I, I actually almost went to school to become, um, a forensic psychologist instead of a forensic nurse designer. years ago. Right. I love yeah. psychology and the study yeah. of how the brain works and those thoughts. I grew up in a very abusive home. Mm. Um, and so for me, when I was on my healing journey, right, I was on my healing journey sort of at, at this parallel time when I was really starting to dive into studying the feng shui and working with clients. And they would talk to me about clutter and, and I would, and it, 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 yeah, clutter is literally a direct reflection of all of those, um, the, the limiting beliefs, all the scarcity beliefs and the worthiness and the obligation that we've just been saddled with as children. Mm-hmm. It's all there. You can literally look around your home and see it in every single thing that you own. Um, it'll be reflecting those things. And so, yeah, I get to work with my clients in, in, really deep diving into that and understanding like the psychology of their own clutter so that they can understand what it's telling them Mm -hmm. about where they're stuck and why they can't move forward out of those same stories, right? Whatever those stories are, the scarcity, mostly it's scarcity, worthiness, and obligation are the most common types of- Can you explain more about what scarcity would mean? Sure. In, in what way? What, what I guess you... like, you know, people are listening around, okay, scarcity leads to me having clutter or things like that. I guess if they're trying to relate to their own experience, what would that, what would it be an example of that? Sure. Like an example of scarcity clutter. Sure. Yeah. Everybody's got a junk drawer. <laughs> junk drawers are really just about things that you need just in case you cannot throw them away. Mm. Right. For whatever, just in case someday I figure out what this cord is for, or I bought that scarcity. That is full fledged scarcity right there. Um, it's the simplest and easiest example I can give of scarcity. It's just, it's not trusting that, that what you need will be provided for you when Mm -hmm. it's needed. Um, that the universe will provide you with whatever or better, right? It's not, it's not trusting yourself and it's not trusting you in your universe. And it's, it's very scarcity. You hear it all the time, right? I don't have enough, whatever. I don't have time. I don't have money, but you have all sorts of it that you just, you yeah. just can't see because of all of the scarcity that's, that's floating around mm-hmm. um, in your space. That's being mirrored to you all day long, your scarcity beliefs of why you can't, why you don't have time and why you don't have money. So would your view be then that minimalism is the key? Is that kind of what you're saying here? Nope. No, I'm not saying that either. If minimalism is your thing, sure. Right. But that's not to say that you can't have a very luxurious, abundant, and opulent home if mm-hmm. that is also your thing. What right. you can't have is clutter. Right. Clutter is what stagnates the energy. It stagnates clutter. Literally, it's, it, I mean, and it's like, it's all the things, right? It's physical, mm-hmm. mental, and emotional. Mm-hmm. And it, if any of those energies get clogged up and stagnated, then you're just dying, you're right? Yeah, yeah, you're stuck in death, right? Stagnant energy is death energy. It's mm-hmm. no, 
it's not, there's no life, there's no growth, there's no anything happening. So yeah, to declutter is, is literally a form of self-care to, to, to get right down to it. Cause your, your space yeah. is, you have a relationship with it and it's, it's your relationship with yourself. It's what it really mirrors. Mm-hmm. I think I can think about like, I, I want to say, point out that this reminds me of my husband, <laughs> not that he's like scarcity, but he's a guy who's a marketer's dream. You know, I need, Oh, three for one. He'll buy three and he'll have like, you know, deodorants, or he has like this shoe shining kit. That was his dad who has passed away. I said, why do you need a shoe shine kit? So you never know when you're going to have to shine shoes. It's just like, it reminds me of like, he's the kind of person that needs to hold on to things just in case where I'm like, it's fine. You know, if we need it, it'll come. And I'm big on the law of attraction around. If I'm putting it out there, it will come to me, you know, abundance of money, things like that, I think. Um, but I also think about this is interesting in regards to the environment of even our minds when you're talking about this, because if you're the kind of person who, let's say wants a new job or wants to try another Avenue, yet you're stuck in this house of clutter. You're stuck in having three jobs and not giving yourself the space or the capacity to open yourself up to those things. It's really hard to actually, you know, attract that thing to you. So I think that's really interesting in regards to the connection between all of those things. Yeah, it really is. It, it, it is. It's, you can really see it. Um, like when you start diving into serious mental health mm-hmm. issues you know like like that show hoarders mm-hmm. oh, i hate that show so much um, i, I hate what they do to those people it yeah. is so traumatizing what they do to them with the way yes they need to be decluttered yes they need to have a whole lot of help but what they do to them is so traumatizing do they um, just go in and clean the house out i can't remember it's, i've only watched one episode more or less i've only seen a couple of episodes too because like i say it is so it's traumatizing to me to watch it Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, our clutter is, is that's the biggest part of what it reflects is the limiting things that we believe about, um, what we can't do, what we mm-hmm. can't have, what we're, you know, the box that we're stuck in, then why we can't have something bigger and better. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I love that. I have this one client who, cause she has a balcony of stuff, just like stuff and stuff and stuff. And so every week we, you know, talk like, oh, let's, how do you feel about taking a couple of things off? And she always comes back and is talks about how great she feels and how, you know, she's excited and optimistic and how it actually shifts things for her. And it's something so small, yet it's so impactful that for that person. It makes a huge difference. It, mm-hmm. it really does. It's, it's just like, um, one of the examples that I like to use is like, if you get the flu. Mm -hmm. right you get the flu and you're in bed for a few days and now your nightstand is covered in some dirty dishes and some dirty tissues and like you can tell a sick person has been here in this room for a few days right and when you start to feel better your first instinct will be to clean up that space right because you're feeling better and the energy in your body is moving and so now you want to get the energy in your space moving Mm -hmm. it's just our natural way of being but you can go the other route and you can clean up first and it will make you feel better. Just like, you know, when you start to get towards the middle of that flu and you're like, oh, I'm going to get up and take a shower and I'm going to get dressed and I'm going to wash my hair and I'm going to clean my, and all of a sudden you feel like a hundred times better. Yeah. It's the totally. exact same thing, right? It's because you shifted the flow of energy in your space, which it automatically shifts it in your body. But when it shifts in your body, you will automatically want to shift it in your space. 
which is what that relationship is. It's literally a mirror. So if you want to change your life, you can do it by changing your space. Oh, I love this. It's so much easier than trying to change you, right? Because we go into these personal development things like, oh my God, now I have to change me and I have to be positive all the time and no more negative thoughts or whatever that whole thing is. That's hard work. Yeah. But when you just come at it from this easier thing of, well, if I just declutter, now all of a sudden it, it, it makes that work a hundred times easier. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I think I, even for myself, I think, well, like when I clean my house, I, yeah, like we're, we talked about earlier, I feel more clear headed. I feel ready to take on the day. And so I can hear what you're saying around if you just did these things or, and I think for you, I don't want to minimize that. It's like, just declutter your house. I don't think that's what we're talking about here. It's something much deeper than that. Um, and so I want to acknowledge that for sure. Um, but I think when you get to that point, like you're saying your mental capacity and blocks that you have are going to just open up heart space and mind space for you to work on the things that you've been needing to work on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. It's huge. The shifts that happen. I'm curious. You wrote in your thing when we were talking about earlier is the 3d vision blueprint. Is that what it was called? Or blue vision? Oh, board? 3d vision boards. Sure. Yeah. What's a vision 3d vision board. I know what a vision boards are, but not a 3d one. Well, I think of your whole space as a vision board mm-hmm. because it's a mirror. Mm-hmm. It's a mirror for what's currently going on for you, right? Everything in your space is, is literally what's current mm-hmm. because as soon as it changes, just like when you get over the flu, you will change your space, right? You'll move things. So your space is a good um, gauge or thermometer. Like you can gauge the temperature of what's going on with yourself right now, right? In your space, because it's a mirror of what's current. Most designers design for right now, right? This is what we're going to do. We're going to design your space right here, right now. I don't, (laughs) I don't do that at all. And I think that's where most people get it wrong, quite frankly. Um, I think we need to design for the next level version of you. We're designing for who you are becoming. So there's a process to that, that you, that we go through, right? I mean, I have a framework that I take my clients through to design who they are becoming so that we can then create the entire space Mm -hmm. to mirror that. So that every time you walk into the space, your whole space is reflecting. This is who you are becoming. This is who this space belongs to. And it really gives you room to become her. Mm. It gives her room to be born. That Um, is so cool. And it's a wholly different physical effect on your body Mm -hmm. and mental and emotional effect than just having, you know, a picture frame on your wall with a bunch of little pictures in it that say, someday I'm going to have this car and this house and this whatever dream. But when, you know, you've got a tiny little picture frame on the wall and the whole rest of your room is reflecting a completely different right reality like it's just not going to work you have to turn the whole room into the vision for the future that you're trying to create you know if you really want it to manifest into existence I love this yeah I think it makes sense like I totally understand the science around vision board so it makes sense as to why you would not and I think this is where you come into play is that I might not even know what that means for me in my space right I think you would need someone 
almost to help you dig into what that actually is. Like, well, what do you mean my space is reflective of now and not the, the future? You know, I think that's where you come into play and helping people understand that concept. Yeah. 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 That's my, that's my favorite part of my job <laughs> and the work <laughs> that I get to do is really creating space for the transformation, mm -hmm. right? That's what I get to do. I get to make room for someone else's transformation. That's like, very cool. It is so cool. It mm -hmm. is so cool to just be able to, 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 to make that space for them to, mm -hmm. to become the woman that they've always wanted to be. Right. Cause we always, we all have this vision mm -hmm. from when we were little girls of like what the future holds, like, who am I going to be when I grow up? Right. Somebody that, somebody that matters, right. Somebody yeah. that does something that matters, somebody that makes a difference in the world, somebody I admire, somebody I look up to somebody I'm proud to be, mm -hmm. but how many of us are really living that? Like yeah. really, really living that. No. Um, but when you design this, when you literally design her into existence and, and you make room for her to be born, like she has to be born because yeah. she's in there. She's mm -hmm. just waiting for her to come out. So I'm curious. It sounds like we're talking about, you know, redesigning, like taking everything down to the walls and redesigning everything. Do people need thousands and thousands of dollars to accomplish this? No. No, I didn't think so. I just wanted to clarify that. I was like, I don't think no. you work with people who just have millions of dollars. <laughs> I don't, I have, I have worked yeah. with people that have millions of dollars, but not anymore. Now, um, I, I, when I started my company, um, I, I left high-end residential mm -hmm. design and working with the entrepreneur, entrepreneurs that have already made it, mm -hmm. right? To go work with the women that, hadn't made it yet right the, the women that were still on the way up right mm -hmm. the, the women that are that are climbing alongside me right or you know behind me and right mm -hmm. the ones that are going to come and you know we may be standing on the shoulders of of giants but someday someone is going to come and stand on our shoulders too so you know I wanted to get into working with those women and that was that was really my my mission and my passion mm -hmm. for for following that what you're doing I love that mm -hmm. you obviously I consider myself a light worker it sounds like you're a light worker and I think the coolest part like you're saying and I, I resonate with that completely is I am not the person that is going to heal you you're going to do that but people have to be given the capacity to do that and I think that's what you're saying that you do you open yeah. up so they can heal themselves right and I give them a method mm -hmm. to say look this is what I did this is mm -hmm. what I did. And, and this is what you can do, but you have to do the work, mm -hmm. right? Because it's, it's your trauma and it's yeah. your healing. Like I can't, I can't come in and wave my magic wand and fix you. No. I can come in and wave my magic wand and, and fix your space mm -hmm. and, and give you a method that allows you to fix yourself. Um, but that's, that's as good as I got. <laughs> and I think that's like, I feel like society has taught everyone to have a quick band-aid. That's not the solution. I think you're here to say that, you know, I, there's no magic pill. There's no magic wand. That's not what healing is about. Healing is a hard journey to go on, takes conscious effort, right? But if everyone's worth it. All the women listening are worth it. We are worth it. I think that's why we're here. And I do want to say that 
the, one of the reasons I left formal healthcare to do what I'm doing and for you, the residential high end to where you're now is that healing and help should be based off of live experience. In my opinion, right. You're sa- you're saying, I went on my own journey. Here's what I did that helped me through that situation, right? Here's where I got today. And I think that is the most powerful and immensely impactful thing that people who are helping others can do, right? If you don't have lived experience, how are you going to truly connect with the part of the person that is, is keeping them stuck? Right. I agree wholeheartedly. I, I have my own experience, even why I did my healing journey on my own. Right. I, I had my own trauma, even from therapy, like traditional mm-hmm. therapy was mm-hmm. traumatizing to me. So like that wasn't a safe space for me to go into. And yeah, I, I agree. Like even your therapist can't fix you. Yeah. <laughs> like Your therapist's job really is to walk you through the journey of healing yourself. Mm-hmm. But I like, if they haven't, if they haven't experienced it and all they have is book smarts, mm. I just, I just don't think they're qualified to do that job. Like I, I just, that's my personal opinion, but I've, I was forced to go to a therapist that didn't have that experience, right? When I was a child, um, my parents got divorced when I was eight and they both remarried. I mentioned my stepdad married a witch essentially. And Mm -hmm. she taught me energy and and magic and all of that. That's so cool. (laughs) It was cool. And it it was needed because my mom married a pedophile. And um, I needed some way to explain to escape. I needed some way to get out of there. I told my mother um, about the monster that she was about to marry. Um, I even gave her an ultimatum that it was him or me. And she's still married to him to this day. Um, She's been covering for him for almost 43 years now. Um, And that was I had a lot of baggage, right? Mm-hmm. To, to when I told her that he was this person, she literally called me a liar, covered up all the evidence, <sighs> took me to a therapist and told him, Hey, my daughter won't stop lying about this being abused thing. And oh, I need you to fix her. her. So every time I told the therapist about the abuse, he would tell me to stop lying and to stop. Yeah. No, he compared me to a wild horse that had been corralled and and wouldn't stop staring over the fence and how I needed to join the other horses being broken to their saddle and how much happier I would be because yeah he was crazy he was an idiot and he clearly had no experience with child abuse Mm -hmm. child therapy like he he read all the books he got his degree and he you know whatever but Mm -hmm. that is not enough and and there's so many of us that have just I think been traumatized by our own childhood that mm-hmm. I think the best thing we can do for each other is to just help each other heal. Yeah. Right? I don't. I yeah. I'm not a huge fan of Rockefeller's medical association. <laughs> and, all of the, you know, no. and, and that, but because I think there's so much more to education than books. Mm-hmm. than have yeah. to experience that to really be able to help anyone else. Mm-hmm. And I, I do want to take a pause and acknowledge, you know, the experiences you had in life and how 
um, awful it is. You know, I think from my experience of working with many women, regardless of what our trauma is, people always perceive like you have to be sexually abused or things like regardless of whatever happened, the fact that you, the person who's supposed to keep you the safest denied your reality. That's one of the biggest traumas that women experience, whether that's related to what you're speaking about or something more simplified, right? It's a big trauma. It impacts us as individuals. And like you're saying, the healthcare system in itself is not set up to help people truly evolve. I just did a podcast on this a couple weeks ago around how the healthcare system is related to just keeping people in survival mode and going through the steps and not actually living. You know, I think that's why people like us are doing what we do because we want people to not just be doing the motions in life. We want people to actually love their lives because that's what life is supposed to be about. Right. Oh, a hundred percent. I am so with you on that. That is a hundred percent why I do what I do. Mm -hmm. And and everything else that you just said, like we, we all deserve these amazingly rich, abundant lives. That mm -hmm. is what we have the most abundant planet. And yet we just are all in this scarcity trauma that mm -hmm. has been handed to us over centuries by the few <laughs> just trying to oppress the many. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this has been a beautiful conversation, Crystal. Honestly, an honor to have you on here. And I've learned so much myself and I feel connected to you from one woman to another in many aspects of complexity myself. Um, I'm curious, you know, where can people find you? Well, um, I'm getting ready to launch my own YouTube channel. Fun. Um, yeah. So I'm going to be putting out all sorts of free content to help women like me and you to mm -hmm. design a space they love, design a life they love, design a business they love. Um, and, and so I'm just going to be putting out free content every week for people so they can certainly subscribe and follow me there. Um, and I, I have, is it okay if I give your audience just a free gift that I would like to share? Yeah, with them? I can put the link to anything you want in the description of the podcast for sure. Awesome. Cause we've spent a lot of time talking about clutter and decluttering. Mm -hmm. And, um, I actually developed my own proprietary method for decluttering it. I call it your declutter, your mindset method. Oh, um, cool. and you can, you can download it. It's five steps. Um, it'll take you through to be able to declutter all of it. Um, and you can download that at declutteryourmindset.com. Awesome. I will put that in the ex explanation and um, description. Sorry. I love free gifts. They're always very nice. And I yeah. definitely will be following your YouTube channel. Um, and I will put all of your links and, and handles and stuff in the description as well. I, I really encourage people to seek this sort of avenue. I think it sounds really incredible and really, I don't want to say non-traditional, but it's just something that's really needed in my opinion. Yeah. Mine too. <laughs> Mine too. It's just it's time. Yeah. It's, it's, it's time fun. to change the world. Yeah. <laughs> just... I agree. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It has been my pleasure. Hello, lovely human. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of Authentically You. It truly, it means a lot to have you here listening. And I hope you really took something away from this episode. If you are ever looking for more, check me out on Instagram. I am posting inspirational stuff there all the time. And if you ever want to dig deeper, 
please reach out to me as well. And let's have a chat about you doing some deeper one-on-one healing. Cause let me tell you that is when the true magic happens. Mm-hmm.